0: This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. That price war in China shows no signs of slowing down. Last week, BYD cut prices by 10%, and today, Tesla is following suit. It's offering insurance subsidies, which essentially take the price of the Model 3 and Y down by 3%. Some paint colors get a price cut of almost $1,400. Bucks. And remember, it was just a little over a month ago that Tesla cut the price, the 3 by almost 6%, and the Y by almost 3%. So these price cuts are starting to stack up. EV sales in China took a nosedive in January, and last month was the celebration of the Chinese New Year, where the entire country essentially shuts down for at least a week. So no doubt, sales fell even further. Now everyone is watching to see if this was just a temporary dip, or if it's a sign of something more serious. But one thing's for sure, this price war is not going to end anytime soon. And here's more trouble in EV startup land. Fisker is on the ropes and may not make it to this time next year. The company only has $325 million in cash and over $540 million in expenses. Worse, its books are a mess, and it's failed to file its financial earnings on time all year long. Fisker claims it's in negotiations with a large automaker that could result in an investment in Fisker or the joint development of an EV platform in a manufacturing location in North America. In his message to shareholders, Henrik Fisker blamed a host of outside factors for the company's problems. But the basic problem is that it's struggling to build and deliver its Ocean SUV. Fisker only built 10,000 vehicles last year and delivered less than half to customers. Here's our AutoLine insight. Fisker probably won't get enough cash in time, and we think that anyone who's interested in picking up the pieces will wait to see if the company goes bankrupt, then buy all the assets for pennies on the dollar. And in more bad financial news, The Wall Street Journal reports that GM Cruise has lost half of its value. Citing an internal document, it says Cruise's private stock was worth $24 a share just a little over three months ago, but now it's only worth $11. GM Cruise pretty much stopped all its operations in the U.S. after an accident in which one of its autonomous cars dragged a pedestrian. It had planned to expand its taxi service to a dozen U.S. cities this year. But now it's going to take a lot longer to do that. And until it resumes operations and starts generating profits, that stock valuation is not going to go anywhere. Last year, Hyundai formed a partnership with Amazon to allow car buyers in the U.S. to shop and purchase vehicles on Amazon's website starting this year. And not surprisingly, an automotive news survey of dealers at multiple brands found they're not happy with the deal. Dealers are concerned it will lead to a more direct sales model, won't be good for long-term customer service, and will impact their profits by cutting into the finance and insurance business and customer trade-ins. But some dealers were dismissive of the deal and not concerned at all with one dealer calling it a gimmick. Amazon wants to partner with other automakers to offer a similar buying process. So if Hyundai buyers like the experience... We could see more brands partner up with Amazon. And speaking of Hyundai and car sales, the group, including Kia and Genesis, announced February sales in the U.S. Hyundai sold more than 55,000 vehicles, a gain of 5% compared to a year ago. Meanwhile, Kia sold just over 59,000 vehicles, which was down about 3%, and Genesis sold 4,600 vehicles, up 9%. Hyundai and Kia's EV sales are going strong as well. Hyundai sold 5,000 hybrid PHEV and EV models in February, which was up 7%. Kia sold 2,627 EV6s and EV9s last month, but it doesn't break out Nero sales, which is offered as an ICE PHEV and Pure Electric. But Kia says its total EV sales are up about 65% so far this year. Automakers will report February sales over the next several days, and analysts expect sales to be up 5 to 6%. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing. Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. With EV demand slowing, I think we could see more of what Fiat is doing with the Panda. It's extending the current model's life and upgrading it with new technology. Fiat says the Panda will continue to be made in Italy at least until 2027, and it's giving the updated model, which it calls Pandina, new 8S features, two 7-inch digital display screens, and a new steering wheel. And I've got to imagine that this is a relatively cheap and easy upgrade for the brand. The basis for the Panda's architecture traces its roots back to 1999, and the last major update on the model was done in 2011. Typically, limited model changes lead to a decline in sales, but Fiat says it's boosting production at the Pandina by about 20%, just to meet demand. I remember pretty well my mind being blown the first time I read about the Bugatti Veyron. A 16-cylinder engine with four turbochargers, nearly 1,000 horsepower, 250-plus mile-per-hour top speed, and a million-dollar-plus price tag. There was nothing else like it when it debuted in 2005, but Bugatti is killing off that famous 16-cylinder engine and replacing it with another 16-cylinder engine. However, instead of the cylinders being arranged in a W pattern, the new engine is a V16. We know it will also be paired with a plug-in hybrid system. And as you can see, the intake makes extensive use of carbon fiber. But that's about all the details we have on the new engine that will power the successor to the Charon, which is supposed to debut in June. Ford has at least considered coming out with a battery system that sounds similar to GM's Altium pack. At its base, GM's system is a 400-volt system, but models with bigger batteries like the Hummer EV essentially have two 400-volt packs, which can be paired together during charging for an 800-volt system, so it can charge at a faster rate. And Ford filed a patent for a multi-voltage system, that has two separate battery arrays capable of operating at 800 volts during charging. It's possible we could see Ford implement this soon because it filed the patent four years ago, but a lot has changed in four years and Ford now has a Skunk Works program working on more affordable EVs, so it's possible the multi-voltage system isn't part of the plan anymore. Despite all the talk about automakers needing to get more vertically integrated, the opposite is happening. Legacy automakers are actually relying more on their suppliers to develop new designs. On AutoLine After Hours yesterday, Jeff Stout from Fung said that automakers are not just looking to suppliers for new ideas. They want them to take over doing everything, at least when it comes to vehicle interiors. Uh, in the last couple of years, a fairly significant percentage of my budget comes from the customer. They call me and say, can I give you some money so that you'll develop this solution for me? Either my idea. you ever do that before? I've never, never heard of a car company doing never, that. Never, ever, 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 ever. Yeah. Whereas now, for the most part, we don't do development unless a customer is willing to say I'm willing to pay for it. You can watch that entire show right now on our website or YouTube channel. It gives you great insight into what automakers want from their suppliers and how suppliers have to deal with it. But that's the end of this show. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope that you have a great weekend. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey, and by Intrepid Control Systems, over the air engineering, boost your game.